0: 99 and 100 there is and you know it there's a big difference praise the lord hey so who's been getting a lot out of this hebrew series yes. i've been getting stacks out of it um and as i as uh, we've had the different preachers sharing different parts of uh, the the way the way we've broken this book down is we've had a lot of uh, sort of freedom as preachers we've thought here's our framework here's the book we're going to get through and at each sermon you basically you've got this section of scripture to do with however you feel god's leading some have broken it down sort of section by section and uh, melissa's pulled out a point i really was hope, and, and i was just like uh, was what i got out of the, the message from last week but what i want to do is i've got i think three verses i'm going to cover but really i'm going to cover one um so and the reason for that is is because it's like my favorite chapter in the bible one of anyway Hebrews chapter 11 and I was wondering we really screwed down in it Um, and I was when the Hebrews series came up I'm like Jesus please can I have Hebrews 11 I'm like Mel I don't know not just if you want to give me Hebrews 11 that'd be cool that's all I'm saying (laughs) and uh it's just turned out that way it's all about who you know I know Jesus and Mel (laughs) hallelujah So for those that aren't familiar with Hebrews chapter 11, it's what we really call uh, the faith chapter. It's a a chapter where it just really celebrates the heroes of faith through the scripture. But then it also screws down some amazing faith keys that we can transfer from the pages to our own life. And and I just find the more I grow in the Lord, the more I see in this chapter. Uh, The more I, I remember when I first read it, being so blessed, so encouraged, had so much I could apply straight away. But I don't think I've been through a season in my journey in Christ where I haven't seen new things in this passage, where I haven't seen a new new ways for this to speak to me and new ways for it to actually a change. Because who, who knows if we just read it and don't do what it says, we've wasted our time. James says that. He says, if you read the scripture, don't do what it says. It's like you look in the mirror, forget what you just saw and walk off. Um, I was walking around the other day and I had some pie on the side of my face and I'm like, and would be like, if I saw that pie, and then, oh, I must clean that and walk off into a national con- a state conference with pie on my face. Couldn't work out why Mel hadn't told me I had pie on my face, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> but as I work, every, but I just, so often through every season, it seems like that this chapter is able to speak to me, and I'm able to get things that I can actually put, really put the rubber to the road in. And, and what I want to, I just want to draw out um, one particular verse in this, and and we'll we'll see how we go, um, All right. so Hebrews chapter one, sorry chapter eleven, and I'll just start at the start, and I've got here to read like verse one from verse one to verse thirty one which is like almost the whole chapter, but I don't think we'll do that. Um, but I'll just, just start at the start. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was made uh, so that what is seen is made out of what was uh, was not made out of what was visible so what is seen was not made out of what was visible so the amplified puts it like this by faith chapter verse 3 11 verse 3 by faith that is with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power wisdom and goodness of God We understand that the worlds, universe, ages were framed and created, formed, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. What I really want to draw here, what I want us to really catch is it says that we understand, this is by faith, we need faith, by faith we understand, by faith we can understand, if you're able to have faith you can understand this. We can understand, we do understand, we are able to understand, and we, in fact, apply it as, as, our, as a truth to us. We understand that the worlds, the universe, and the ages were framed and created. They were formed, they were put in order, they were equipped for their intended purpose by the Word of God. We understand. We can, If you have faith, you can enter into a realm of understanding, a, a realm of living, where everything you can see and touch and not see and touch, you are walking with an understanding that God put it in place and there are invisible principles that govern what is put in place. It's called the faith realm. By faith, we enter a different sphere than people who live without faith. People who live without faith Say, well, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. If I can't touch it, I don't believe it. If I don't feel it, I don't believe it. If I don't have some sort of tactile interaction with it, it doesn't exist. Hebrews 11.3 says that if we have faith, we can recognize that there is a realm, an invisible realm that supersedes the visible realm, Uh, an invisible realm that governs, even created the visible realm, and this—if we are able to take a hold of that—it changes our entire dynamic. It changes the way we live our lives. You see, if you live in a with a mindset, a worldview of no faith, i.e., what I can see, touch is that all that is real, then we're governed by a whole different set of laws we recognize a whole different set of principles to people who walk by faith let me describe it like this if you don't believe that you're the only thing that is physical uh, if there is only one realm a physical realm that says it puts you in a a a place of understanding a paradigm which says Well, I can do something here behind closed doors, and because nobody sees it, there's no other effects. There is no other effects. I can say one thing, do another thing. It doesn't matter. One plus one equals two, and, and it's that simple. But if we're living in a faith realm, we understand that what is seen is created by what is unseen. Then all of a sudden, what we do behind closed doors matters. What we do in the unseen matters. What I say matters. We're living in this different level of accountability. We're living with a different understanding of cause and effect. It changes how we live. And it says here, in in Hebrews, it says that this is what the ancients were commended for. This is what the ancients were commended for. Hebrews 2 says... That mindset, that awareness, living in that paradigm is what God commended the ancients for. And then the Hebrews 11 is this awesome roll call of his commendation of these amazing men and women of faith. And then we're in this place where we are challenged, invited into the challenge, to actually decide, are we going to be men and women of faith or are we going to be men and women of sight? And we're invited into that. And we're given an option. We could just, at this point, would be a really handy place to say, you know what, this is a book of fairy tales. The world was created with a word, everybody knows that nothing exploded and made all of this. Nothing exploded and then the inorganic became organic. Cells climbed out of the ooze, climbed a tree. And we're our great uncle. This is just fairy tales we're invited into that tension. We're invited to that place where we can actually say, you know what? What side of the line am I going to stand on? So handy, I've got a line here. This is wonderful. And and, and it's actually quite a divisive verse because it just doesn't give you any room. It's one or the other. It's black or white. Who are my black and white people here? Who, who am I? T- my type A, type one, cut and dry, no middle ground, black or white, right, right and wrong. You would love this verse. There is no margin here. There is is or there isn't. It says, "By faith, we believe that the unseen realm created the seen realm." Are you going to interact with that? Are you going to be one who believes that? Are you going to be one who accepts that, or are you going to be one who doesn't accept that? And. And what that does, if, if we accept, it enters us, we, we, we're able to, it gives us access to a realm that is so far beyond our little peanut brains. Like we think we're smart and as humans we've got the most complex, amazing system in the entire universe living inside of our head. And, and, and you know, it is wonderful. We're able to do things like build skyscrapers and put aeroplanes in, uh, in the sky and just rockets into space and brain surgery, pull out organs and chuck them in other people, all these sorts of wonderful things. And this great little piece of grey matter that lives inside your head. And we're really impressed with ourselves. We're really impressed. And of course, cool, we should be. That's impressive. But it's nothing. It's nothing. (laughs) And we're able, and what God's saying, God's inviting us with this passage, is inviting us into a sphere where we start to see like He sees, where we start to live, are able to live in this world that is governed not just by natural physics, but by a supernatural order. And we're invited into and, and can I just tell you one thing? The people who choose not to believe it. Who loves cartoon? Who was a cartoon person? Oh man, growing up, we didn't have a TV. S- bunch of reasons. Sad story, I oh, know. Come and commiserate me later. But my pop lived next door and he had a TV. My pop was a legend. Ne- in our gate, in, 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 we lived next door and in the fence, uh, there was those old Jarrah palings. Remember those? I've got a scar still from a splinter that was about that long, that went right into my leg. And we pulled, My uncle pulled a bunch of them down and turned it into a gate, so we could actually just go. As little kids, we could just go straight next door to, to my grandparents' place and just come and go as we pleased. Now, I used to come. I used to know at five o'clock that Looney Tunes was on, Bugs Bunny, Road Runner, all the good gear. <laughs> five o'clock, I would be at my pop's house, sitting down with him. He was this grumpiest old truck driver, tow truck driver guy broken hill just crusty old guy he was just <sighs> but I th- he used to like it he wouldn't complain when I. he just would i think he liked his little grandson would come and enjoy the same stuff and i'd and sit there and watch looney tunes with him was a grown man watching bugs bunny and the Road Runner, and then but you remember that there's those cartoon scenes where they run out off a cliff Coyote was the worst. This guy, he was a numbskull. If he had spent the money he spent at Acme on food, he'd be fine. But you remember he'd run out of off the cliff off the roadrunner, and he'd be there just running happily as on the, on the, on the air. And then the roadrunner would give him a little book with tells him about gravity. And now he understands gravity, he falls down. Who knows that it doesn't work like that? Whether you understand gravity or not, you are going to drop like a rock if you don't have something underneath you. So this supernatural realm, with these principles that govern the natural realm, whether you believe them or not, they are interacting with you, even if you aren't interacting with them. You cannot escape it. So we have the choice at this point to actually humble ourselves and say, hey, you know what? There is more going on here than my eyes can see. There is more going on here that my human brain can comprehend. So what I'm going to have to start to do is take hold of this supernatural word, read it and believe what it says, even when it contradicts my experience. Even when it contradicts. What I've already thought was true. We're getting challenged and then we're again brought right back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 that says, By faith we understand that the invisible created the visible. Which one will you put your trust in? Because it matters no matter whether we believe it or not. It doesn't matter. You're the coyote falling. If you don't believe, it doesn't matter if you believe. This is something that, it doesn't matter. You're in the game whether you know it or not. You're at war whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you're interacting with it or not. It it is. By faith, we're able to recognize it. If you don't have faith, that doesn't change it. So which brings us to this place where it's like, well, hang on, how am I going to process my life? (laughs) Now, our problem is we process because we're the smartest beings that God ever created. We're created in his image. In the image of God, he created us. Jesus actually quoted an Old Testament passage which said, You are gods. We're gods. You're just like your dad. We're these wonderful, hyper intelligent creatures. We've been to space, man. Not personally. <laughs> they tell me that certain. And, but you know, there's so much there. And we've got to start to, like, okay, humble ourselves and sort of and move from a gear that says just because I've can screw it down and articulate it and quantify it then that's true and what I can't quantify what I can't wrap my little peanut around isn't true and we have to open ourselves up to this realm of the unknown we have to be comfortable with mystery we have to be we're dealing with a god that you're never going to know you are never going to know him in his fullness. If you could know him in his fullness, your view of God is too small. How can you know an infinite? How can you know the infinite? How how can you encapsulate the in- the infinite? It's like I know the I know. I tell you what I've swam in the Indian Ocean. I know that ocean. I know it's certain temperature. I know it's cooler than the Pacific Ocean because I've swum in that ocean. I know it's warmer than the Southern Ocean because I've swum in that ocean. I've been in the ocean. I don't know all of it. I've been immersed in that man. I've been stuck underneath the water for minutes at a time, till I could have no more ocean, otherwise it would have killed me. It would be impossible for me to be any more interactive with that ocean. And I just knew a fraction of it, a fraction. And this is the God who made the ocean. It doesn't matter if you're immersed and it doesn't matter if you spend the rest of your life in just exploring Him and spending time in His presence. You're only ever going to lo- know Him fractionally. So we have to be okay with the fact we don't know it all. We, we have to actually submit at some point. We've actually got to get on our knees, put up our hands and say, God, I'm doing my best and that's all. But then we're given these keys to, uh, that we're able to inter- start to interact with eternity. Eternity is a number we can't even understand because eternity is infinite, like our God is infinite. We're these finite beings. We have a birthday, and you're going to have a death day. And it's going to be, I've lived a good long life, you know, 100 years. Well, gosh, history is around like 6,000 years. So that's what 60 of your lifetimes has been at 100. 60 You know, you've lived a fraction of the time that, is, that history is recorded. A fraction. Little, not even 2% of the time. You know nothing. You, 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 we're so, we've got to <laughs> accept our finiteness in an infinite realm. And we have to come to terms with that. And this verse challenges us and invites us into this place. And what does that mean? What does that look like? I'm glad you asked. We're invited to a place where we can live by faith. What does that look like? It means doing stuff he says before we understand why or before we understand how. Because what was created, the invisible made the visible, but then there's this amazing <laughs> paradigm, this amazing <laughs> oxymoron almost. It's, it, and there's a place in the scripture that says that first in the natural, then in the supernatural. So the instruction will come from the supernatural. Then we must turn the key in the natural, and then the results come from the supernatural. It's called walking by faith. Walking, feet have to touch the ground. <laughs> I love. I read something amazing the other. It was actually your pastor. He, he said um, that God feeds the birds of the air, but He doesn't put the food in the nest. God feeds the birds of the air, but He doesn't put the food in the nest. Yeah, come on, did you hear that? That blew my mind, man. Like <laughs> we want to sit there like these little baby birds, but it doesn't say the baby birds. It says, the foods of the, it says the birds of the air. That's the mum and dad birds that go out, get the worm. Yeah. What's that? They have to interact with what God's doing. We have to interact. Otherwise, we're not going to get the results that God wants to give us. Because what is made in, the, what is, <laughs> the invisible creates the visible. So we're like, okay, Melissa, perfect example is where we're starting on our faith pledge. And we're talking about, and I love what Mel said. It's like, remember that we pledge things. Remember, it's a faith pledge. We're like, well, yeah, if I get this money, then I will. It's like, no, that's not, you do whatever you like. Uh, we're not leaning on man to pay for this building. We're leaning on Amen. God. Yeah. So you do whatever you like. But what I'm saying is that that's not how faith works. It's a faith pledge. So we have to do this on faith principles. Faith principles says we hear from God. We do what he says. He does the miracle. That's how faith works. And brings us into this place where. <laughs> all right. We're we going to turn to John uh, Matthew chapter 25. No, I'm laughing because it's scary and it's horrible and God's mean. Matthew chapter 25. Oh, he is. He is so mean if you judge it by today's standards. He would spend all of his time in detention. You know, he has the audacity to say things are. Who who, who who, in this day and age would dare say something is? Well, no, my truth is my truth. You believe what you believe, and that's good for you, and I believe what I believe. And, you know, what's true for you is true for you, and what's true for me is just going to lick some crystal and all of these things. And... Kumbaya, everyone's good. You go to your heaven. I'll go to Valhalla. I'll go to nothing. Turn into the flower because what's true? It's like, <laughs> and, and we, with that, because we have no faith, we try to interact in this, with this tiny sliver of information we can process, and we start to say there are no absolutes. There are multiple truths. Well, it's not what the Bible says. Let, let's read. Matthew chapter 25, and we'll start at verse 24. Let's give you a tiny bit of background before we go further. Jesus is talking about a master who's got three servants, and he's given them all a mission according to their ability. So he's basically recognized what they're able to do. He's recognized their capacity, and then he's given them a responsibility according to their capacity. And then two of the guys have just gone out, stepped out in faith, taken their mission run with it and and because why they've, they've stepped out in faith god's given them instruction they've done what they were supposed to do god did what he was going to do and the miracle happened and they've come back and, and with these miraculous results but then we get to the third servant and this is the guy i always beat this guy up because he's a twit but he reminds me so much of me it's scary he reminds me and uh, he just reminds me so much of me it's scary then the man who had received one bag of gold... So he's given these guys different measures. And this, is guy, this guy's been given the smallest measure possible. Because the, the master's like, hey, this guy doesn't have a lot going for him. So we're just going to give him the tiny measure. And, 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 and I know he can do it. Because I know him. I know he can do it. The man who had received one bag of gold came... Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew I harvest where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that at least would have ret- uh, returned. I would have received it back with interest. So take the gold from him, and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But he was afraid didn't do it because he was scared come on man you say that at school they let you off the hook you don't have to do that oh i'm scared oh i can't do that because i've got this great excuse and then we actually boil it down a little bit further and he says i was afraid because of what you're like he said you are a hard man harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I was afraid because of what you're like. So this man has been called, and we understand that this man's a picture of us, the, the master's a picture of God. God has asked us to do something. God has asked this man, the master has asked this man to do something. He's given him the resources, the natural ability, the natural talent, the, and, and, he, and he's asked him to step out in faith. The man doesn't do it. And he comes back, and there's a time of account. This is the New Testament. There's a time of account where the master's like, hey, I gave you talents. I've given you resources, gifts, abilities, and I called you to do something. And so I'm here. I'm here for my fruit. I'm I'm here for the outcome. And the guy's like, hey, I didn't do it. And, and, And God's like, how come? And the guy's like, oh, because I was scared. And he's and, and like, what are you scared of? He's like, well, you. I'm scared of you. I'm, I'm scared that you're hard. I'm scared that you're going to rob me. I'm scared that you're going to rip me off. You just want me to do everything and you do nothing. He's, got a, he's forgotten where his talent came from. He, it, we, us, we forgot where the breath in our body came from, where the brains in our head came from where our opportunities came from, where, the God, where our families have come from. We've, we've but he's still got the audacity to say God's hard and unfair and taking when God's actually given. And he's saying, you're taking, you're a taking God. He says, you're a taking master. You just want to take from me. And it's like, well, that's not what the text we just read. is. He just gave to him. But then what he asked is that he step out in faith. He st- interact with the invisible realm. So what the problem is, is that this guy's got a filter. This guy has got a worldview that says, God isn't going to take care of me. That God's not for me. Man, your filter can wreck your life. It can wreck your life, man. This is something, I, I, God's just been doing a deep work in me lately. and and what he's been really going after is my filters it's just and I'm telling you I've been shredded to bits where where God has just taken one one light sacred cow (laughs) this precious little thing of yours (laughs) and just been breaking me down and really just challenging every so many things and if I live through this I'm going to be far better off for it (laughs) but our filter can take us out this guy's filter of God him out. He missed the call of God in his life because of his filter. Hebrews chapter eleven verse eleven. Now I don't know if I, like, I probably got no credibility saying this because I say this all the time, but I think this is my favourite passage in the Bible. Hebrews chapter eleven and verse eleven, and by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, she was more than past childbearing age. She could never bear children in the first place. Even when she was of childbearing age. She's past childbearing age. She's past it. But because she... Didn't say because she was such a woman of faith. Didn't say because she was such a mighty warrior of faith. Didn't say because she was such a giant in the. F- it's just, it just says this. And if you catch this filter, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. She didn't look at the circumstances. I'm sure she looked at them. We can actually read through the text. She looked at them a lot. She looked at them, processed them, said, no, 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 this is not working. We need to get to the science of this. And this, and we read her journey, and she was, looked at it a lot. <laughs> God is gracious in this. God is so gracious in this. But what unlocked it for her was that she considered him Faithful who had made the promise. She didn't look at the promise. She looked at the promiser. She didn't look at what was promised. She looked at who had promised. That's faith. That's the faith. That's the faith of God. We, we can see it d- differently here in, in our, the Passion Translation of the same verse. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who had made the promise. And she tapped into his faithfulness. She tapped into his faithfulness just because she considered him faithful. Hey, I don't have enough faith. I'll tell you that right now. But in Christ, I do. Do you want me to tell you how? It's because I have the faith of Christ. The Scripture says that we've all been given the measure. Not a measure, the measure. What is the measure? It's just however much you need. Jesus said, you don't need much. He said, if you've got a mustard seed, if you've got a mustard seed, that'll do. That's plenty. That's plenty. I love the passage where there's a woman who's petitioning for her miracle. And, she's, and Jesus has said no to her. Can you imagine asking God for a miracle and he says no? There's a passage in the Bible where a woman's saying, I, I need a miracle from you. And, and, and Jesus actually said, yeah, we don't do your kind here. No, Jesus is off, man. He would be kicked out of school. He says, We don't do your kind here. He says, This food, these miracles are for the kids, not the dogs. And this woman, <laughs> she got it. She's like, I don't need the 12 course meal. She said, Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. She knew she just needed a crumb. She just needed a crumb. And that was more than enough. You don't need to be some giant in the faith. You don't need to come from the right family. You don't need to have the right blood. You don't need to ha- you just need one crumb and that crumb is that God is good. He is for you. He loves you. And if he said it, the power in the, in the word was the power to perform the miracle. It's not your faith. All you've got to do is put your trust in his nature. It's like, hey, okay, it's like this. My dad left some money for our kids. So we've got that money sitting in the bank for our kids. We've told them we're going to use that money to buy them a car when they're of age. They don't have a car. They don't have a car. They're not stressing about the car, they're not worrying about the car. They're being told, granddad left you some money, we're going to use it to buy you a car. Cool, I've got a car. Why? Because granddad gave it to me. Mum and dad are trustworthy. I've got a car. That's all. I, my dad, great man. Melissa and myself, awesome people. Some of the best. We don't hold a candle to God. We don't hold a candle to God. I've got this little book, it says It's called Westpac. And it says some numbers on it. And those numbers mean there's some money there for my kids to buy their car. That's what it says. That's what it means. Great book. Highly reliable. We know that it's not totally reliable because of the whole royal inquest and billions of dollars of fraud. But we believe it. We read it and I believe it. These guys are criminals. And we believe it. We've got a word here written by somebody that's a lot more reliable, a lot more generous, a lot more kind than my dad, a a lot more trustworthy than myself or Melissa. We've got a word that is written here by people who are a lot more reliable than the banks. Yet we are so fast to believe what someone would tell us, what our bank statement tells us. When God has said something and the word says something, and all that's God saying is, hey, trust me. That's all. When we move into this sphere, it changes how we live. We move from a place of walking by sight, walking by fl- walking in the flesh, to walking in the spirit, walking by faith. And all of a sudden we enter a realm where nothing is impossible. We enter a realm where someone crosses the Nullarbor. 30 years later, thousands and thousands of lives have been impacted because of his obedience. So Pastor Malcolm came across to start a drug rehab. Then that started a church, which started families, which started where people here have given their life to Christ. Here started eternal destinies ticking over. And this is not just one isolated. This has happened. Of course, if you would dare, if you would dare. And I, and I want to finish with this. What is your by faith? The scripture in, in Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Abraham this, by faith, Rahab this, by faith, Isaac, by faith, by faith, these guys, by faith, uh, Noah, by faith, just these amazing things and the things they did. and God wouldn't tell you that unless he's got a by faith for you. And my encouragement for you this morning is, what is your by faith? What's God asking you to do? What's God asking you to do? Amen. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. I'm just going to start. And if you've never given Jesus that first place in your life, if you've never actually asked him to be the Lord of your life, I'm just going to give you a moment right now. And that includes you people online, people who will be listening to this the podcast. Wherever you are, If you've never made that decision, it's not a mistake you're hearing this today. God wants you to make that first step of faith and put your trust in Him. If that's you this morning, I want you just to join me in prayer. And I'm going to pray. I want to ask is that you repeat after me. And all of those who do believe in the house are going to repeat as well. Just repeat after me, church. Dear God, this morning... I give my life to you. Please forgive me for living it my own way. Wash me clean. Thank you that you died for my sin. That you rose again for my life. From today forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we believe you got born again. God has got an amazing future for you. This is day one. I'd love to speak with you if you're here and pray with you or if you're online. Connect with our team here and they will uh, help you on your journey. I just want to pray for us all. If you're anything like me, you're too much like that servant who just at times can't seem to get over ourselves and trust that we can do what God says we can do. That we can take that step of faith. And we're not enough like Sarah who is able to put the full weight of her trust not in all of the outside stuff but in the, but in the nature of God. I'm just going to pray that, that, that God's going to supercharge our trust in Him. Lord, I pray for a grace on every person here Lord and every person listening and watching Lord that we would be a church we would be a people who our default our default setting our filter is like Sarah where we consider you faithful who made the promise no matter what you say God no matter how grand or impossible it seems we we, we put the full weight of our trust on your nature on the fact that you're faithful, on the fact that you love us, on the fact that you're capable, on the fact you cannot lie, on the fact that you're for us, on the fact that our success is your success. Our wins are your wins. We put the full weight of our trust on, your, on you, God, on your character and your nature. And we just repent for trying to figure it all out before we obey. We repent for putting even conditions before you, God. I'll do this if, I'll do this when. Lord, we need your grace. I thank you that you've given each one of us the measure of faith. Lord, I pray for a grace to use that measure. And I declare that we will see the things that you've promised in our lives and in our church come to pass. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, guys.